you about our eyes being opened and our ears being opened and our heart understanding what God is really doing and saying and being in touch with Him as a people of God, having spiritual eyes to see spiritual things, having spiritual ears to hear spiritual things and having hearts that are healed of calluses, soft, supple hearts that can really take in the Word of God and let it transform us. And I just want to start tonight back on that subject again because I really think God wants us to understand the spiritual realm more than we do right now. I believe we're walking into days right now where God is going to unravel and unveil more of the spiritual realm. Amen? You know, even Chuck Pierce, he's a great prophet in the States. He prophesied that on the 1st of September, as spring comes in here, amen, as spring here, uh, but he said the 1st of September would be an ushering in of a new realm of the Spirit where God was going to show things to normal people and people were going to begin to see angels and begin to sense the strong presence of God in their world and in their, in their lives. And I don't know about you, but it's, I just want that. And even before I heard that prophecy, I was already pressing in for it because I could feel it in my spirit that God wants us to press in more. Who knows as the world grows darker that we need to get lighter. Amen. And you know, just because the world gets darker doesn't mean we automatically get brighter. The more the darkness grows, the more the light has to grow. Not just stay the same. Not just remain a dim light. But actually become such a blazing light in the community, in our homes and in the world that people will be totally drawn to the light. You know, when, when the darkness increases, don't you think people are going to run from darkness? And if you're running from darkness, you run towards the light, don't you? So we need to be the light at the end of that dark tunnel. And many people right now in their lives are in that place of a dark tunnel. Who, how many of you realize that people all around you are just falling into depression? Depression is, I mean, every second person I talk to is on medication, not in the church, but on medication for depression. Now they're medicating children. I heard that they're starting to medicate four-year-old children for depression. Give me a break. Amen. Now, before the epidemic was ADHD and ADHD and DAD and ABC and... Now, now it's depression. You know, there needs to be a light at the end of those tunnels. And if anybody's ever suffered depression, and I know that, you know, it is a real thing. I'm not mocking it. It's real. And when you're in depression and you're in that place and you're in that dark tunnel, you need more than anything else to see a light at the end of that tunnel because you feel like you're never going to get out. And I want to be the light, hey? Do you, you guys want to be the light? Do you want to be the light? You want to be an answer? So we need to press in. And it says in Matthew 13, 16 to 17, But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but do not, do not hear it. In the, in, the, you know, in the Bible, you think back, 
You know, all, all this part of the Bible, all the people that lived in the, that part of the Bible, they longed to see what we see now and to hear what we hear now. But we treat it a little bit complacently. You know, this is a precious pearl that we have been given. This is a precious gift that we have been given to live in this day and in this age. Out of all the people that have ever lived and died on planet Earth, somehow God chose you to live probably in the most exciting time the world has ever seen. And people say, oh, I don't want to live in the last days. It's scary and all this. I'm telling you, we're going to see things. We're going to experience things that are going to blow your mind. It is going to be so exciting to live on the edge. Who wants to be normal anyway? Who wants a white picket fence, a couple of kids and a couple of dogs? I mean, really, let's just get outside of that and become abnormal people. Let's be supernatural people, not just natural people. And yes, I want the white picket fence and I've got the kids and the grandkids and we've got two dogs. But I want more. I just need more than that. And um, Ashley's laughing because they've got about 100 dogs at their house. They're populating the earth through their dogs. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 2, 9 to 10. Look at this amazing scripture. However it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. I really believe God is calling us in this day more than ever before to live in the spirit. And I know Paul, when he was on earth, he was calling the church, live in the spirit, don't live in the flesh, live in the spirit, don't live in the flesh. How much more, 2,000 years later, should we be living in the spirit? Right now. There's wars going on all around us. There's natural wars, there's spiritual wars. And we need to know what's going on and what do we do about it and how do we live in this time. And if we just walk along blind and deaf, we're just going to get beaten up. We're just going to get chewed up by the world and everything that's going on around us. But as Christians, we don't have to live as victims but we live victorious, amen. We should be walking through our lives on top of things as the head and not the tail. We should be walking through our lives with words on our lips that come straight from the presence of God, that command atmospheres to change, amen, that heal sick bodies, that change lives. We should have in our very grasp Right now, the answers to every human being's problems because Jesus Christ is the answer and we have him inside of us. If we would just learn to live in the Spirit, and I mean not just on Sundays, not just when we have a little prayer time, but I mean all the time, all the time, being aware of this realm of the Spirit that's around us and praying in the Spirit at all times and checking in with God every second that we can check in with God, then 
lives would change around us and our lives would take on a new realm of excitement and not just, oh, well, alarm's gone off, another day, go to work, go to school, come home, do homework, have dinner, watch TV, go to bed, get up, arm's gone off. But we would be like waking up in the morning like I do right now and begin, I'm praying in tongues through the night while I'm asleep. And I wake up and I'm praying in tongues still. And I've had visitations of God in the night hour and I've got dreams and visions and there's scriptures going through my mind. And I can't wait to get out of bed to see what God's going to do in my day because my day is so filled with God. And as Phil said, we've increased the prayer over the church and you'll be feeling it. You will feel it. And so we're doing seven days a week prayer now on this property over this land, seven days a week, averaging about three, four hours a day. And you're going to feel it. By next Sunday when you come to this place, you're not going to be able to stand up, I'm telling you. Because God is calling us deeper. Amen. And someone has to go there. And I'm saying someone has to go there. But I said we all have to go there. And you may not be able to come to this property to pray. I'm praying here every day, 8.30 in the morning, if you want to come. Here I am. I don't care if it's just me. We're going to go, 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 go. And we're going to pray and we're going to bring heaven down to this place in Jesus' name. Amen? Is that good news? Is somebody excited or is it just me? I'm... I'm just busting with God. I mean, going to KL and walking through the streets and looking at the people and, you know, and just seeing, you know, just, just people without God, people following false gods, getting into taxis and little Hare Krishna things floating around. And, and we, we witness to everything that moves we always do. And every taxi driver, Phil was just like right there. And he had taxi drivers in tears, you know, just this Jesus, he is really Israel, isn't he? And, you know, it just stirs you up to know that the world needs Jesus. They need Jesus so badly. And there we were in this conference. And and as I said this morning, you know, you see, you hear about the C3 vision of the 2020 vision. And you you hear about this global church and, and all these, you know, churches in different nations that belong to C3. But this was the first time that we experienced a global conference. And all of us together in one place, over 30 churches, over 30 nations represented, I mean, 30 nations and many churches in those nations represented in that place. And it was just powerful. And it was like I got that feeling of like, this is what it's going to be like in heaven, Jenny. I mean, every tribe and tongue and nation worshiping God together. There we will be before the throne of God. I'm thinking, yes, bring it on. I mean, the church is alive and well across the nations of the earth. And now I see my brothers and sisters' faces when I'm praying for Africa. I know the faces that go with it. And when I'm praying for China, I know the faces that go with it. And we are doing an amazing work as a church, the C3 church, across the globe. And right here in Tugra, we're going to take our own ground and we're not going to give up. We're not going to backtrack. We're not going to give up. We have possessed this land in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We have taken our inheritance and no one is going to take that from us as we stand together and pray in Jesus' name. (laughs) What was I preaching? I don't know. Hallelujah. Jesus. Yes. Okay, 
So God's had me in this place where I don't know what he's saying to me, but he wants me to understand the spiritual realm outside of where we live more. So, you know, I've been watching these bios about people that are having these death experiences. I'm not talking near death. I'm talking about people that have died 10, 15 minutes at a time. And it's amazing, and I've watched quite a few of them now, because I want to know what people think in that moment of death. What's going through their head? If they don't know Jesus, what's going to happen to them? What's going on? What are they thinking, feeling? And they're incredible. And every single one of these people, whether they had faith and wherever their journey was going to take them after their first experience, but every one of them came out of their bodies and looked down on their bodies and actually were in the room while people are working on them or trying to revive them or whatever. They're watching the doctors, they're looking at their body, and they feel like themselves still. That's one of the things that really stuck out to me, was that they feel like themselves still. Do you know that you're a spirit being? And who you are is inside of this body. And this body is just a tent that carries you around. Just like a space suit is needed when you go to space, you need an earth suit when you're on earth. And that's all it is. It's just an earth suit. Amen. But who you are is inside. Who you are is in here. And they come out of their body. They look down and they say, I just feel like me. But I feel like a better me. I feel like a different me. I just, I feel, you know, free. I feel different. And it's so amazing that every one of them had this same experience, whether they were going to the bad journey or the good journey. They all had this same experience of being a spirit being. Because who knows this, that we all live forever. We all live forever. There is no end. We die, we live forever. The question is, where do we live forever? Do we live forever in an eternal heaven or do we live forever in eternal hell? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. And when we open our eyes and see in the spiritual realm, we realize that these realities are real and that there are people right next to you in your neighborhood who sit next to you in school, who you, who you stand with every day making a cup of tea at your workplace, who are actually facing an eternal hell. And it may not be when they die or in old age. It may be an accident tomorrow. And you may be the only voice that when they're in that position, they're outside of their body, they think, gee, I'm glad I talked to that lady at the tea shop yesterday because now I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, amen, and I know where I am going. And they straight into the presence of God, amen. It's so amazing when you think of this realm. It's right outside of where we are. We just live in this natural realm and we forget. We forget that there's a realm right here. I mean, there's these people coming out of their bodies and they're, all the doctors are just working and the natural realm is operating and they're watching it. And that's happening to us all the time. You know that? You know, we're in the natural realm right now and right now there are angels watching us right now. I could tell you where they're standing, but I won't because it will freak Rob out. This one right behind him right now. Amen, in Jesus' name. And he's actually going like that over Rob and it's like I see it's, it's like gold coming out of his fingers and just landing down over Rob and I just feel like he's bringing healing to you he's just bringing healing to you he's a healing angel and the minute you walked in here he followed you in he's been waiting for you to come to church so he could put this sort of it's like gold dust coming off his fingers 
over you. And if we could see in the spiritual realm all the time, we'd understand that. And then we'd be able to pray. And then we'd say, oh, well, there's an angel that's bringing healing to Rob. Let's pray for Rob for healing. And then we know what to do and what to say and what to do because we see it. Amen. I, I, I grabbed this book off your desk, Ashley. <laughs> she, she, it was left there because Katrina read it. And I just, that, because the amazing thing was, I know God's trying to tell me about the supernatural realm. And when we're at the uh, airport at KL, we went through the worldly bookshop. And this book just really stuck out for me, but I'd already cashed all my money, all my KL money to Australian money, and, and I didn't have any KL money left, Malaysian money, and so I couldn't get it. And it's, it's a book called Heaven is for Real. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, what's this, what's this about? I wonder if it's a bit weird because it's in a worldly bookshop. And I get back to Australia, I come in to pray, and Ashley wasn't there, but on her desk is sitting the book, the book that I couldn't afford to buy when I was in KL. I said, oh, that's God. I'm t- I took it home and read it in one day. It is absolutely amazing. It's about a little boy who's about three when he has this appendicitis burst and he, he actually goes to heaven. And he's, for the next few years, he just unravels this to his parents. It's not like he came out of it and went, oh, guess what, mum and dad, I went to heaven because little children don't realise that that's different, that they need to actually report that. He just thought, oh, you know. And then it was only months later that he's just in the car. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, that happened to me when I was talking to Jesus. And they were, when were you talking to Jesus? Oh, you know, when I, when I went to heaven. When did you go to heaven? They didn't even know that he died on the operating table. And uh, how long were you in heaven? Three minutes. But for two years, he told them what happened to him in three minutes. Yeah. And some of the things that really struck me that he spoke about, he says to his dad, this is four years old now, and he says to his dad, Dad, do you know that God is three? That there's three of him? And he said, yeah, yeah, like there's the big God that sits on the chair. Like because his dad asked him was there a throne there he said what's a throne and he says you know it's like a big chair that a king said oh yeah 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 that was there and God was sitting on that and, and then Jesus was sitting beside God and then the father tried to trick him to see if he was telling the truth and he said which side was Jesus sitting on and the little boy sort of said well if I was here and you were there then Jesus was there and it was the right hand of the father like yeah and then he said and and who was right on the other side of God and he said oh Gabriel Gabriel the angel was standing and if you read the scriptures it talks about Gabriel being in the presence of God I am Gabriel who comes from the presence of God and I've come to you Daniel blah 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 and he said and then the Holy Spirit was there and he said he said what does the Holy Spirit look like he asked him and the little boy said oh I don't know that's hard to say he's kind of blue and when I read that, I freaked out because like a couple of years ago, Phil always has God encounters in his dreams, right? And he talks, he lay hands on you all the time in his dreams, you people. And he goes, in Jesus' name be filled. And he's like, oh, this. And I just like in the corner of my bed just going, you know, don't lay hands on me tonight. And um, get a black eye, you know. And, uh, and. And this night, it was amazing. He was just going, oh, he's so beautiful. He's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. He's so beautiful. He's so... And I had to wake him up to, what? What is so beautiful? He said, the Holy Spirit. I said, 
Are you seeing the Holy Spirit? He said, he's blue. He's just like a blue light. He's just all around me. And he's swirling this blue light around me. And, huh? Like translucent blue. And this little boy, you know, he says to his dad, oh, the Holy Spirit's hard to describe. He's kind of blue. You know, I'm thinking, oh, so good. Yeah. Phil Pringle said the same thing two decades ago. He met the Holy Spirit. He said he, had a, he was like a blue light. Yeah. And this was amazing. This little boy says to his dad, you know, when he was in heaven, this is, this is, you know, it just keeps coming out in little spurts for a couple of years because the little boy doesn't know to report everything. It just comes out in his conversation. So the mum's praying and saying, okay, dad's going to preach because dad's a pastor. Dad's going to preach tomorrow morning. So let's pray for dad that, you know, that his message will be anointed by God. And, and the little boy goes, oh, no, no, you don't understand. The Holy Spirit does that. And the mum goes, what do you mean? She said, oh, he just shoots down power. And he showed me dad preaching and he, sh- and he showed me him going, sh- shooting down power into, d- into dad when he preaches. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. And then he always had swords. As a little boy, he had this fascination with swords. And they kind of said to him, well, I guess there was no swords in heaven. Hey, he said, of course there were swords in heaven. All the angels had swords. Mom... The devil's not locked up yet. And she said, the angels stand with the sword so the devil can't get into heaven. When he tries to get in, he can't get in. And then he said, I saw you, Dad. I saw you fighting a great war. And he said, and it was like all, all the good people were fighting against all these bad people. And it was a spiritual war that he saw. And he said, what kind of things like monsters and dragons you were fighting? And he said, but Dad, don't worry, because you win. We win. It's okay. And he was talking about the last wars of the last days that he saw his dad fighting it. It was just the most amazing, you know, book and just the innocence of a child. But it just, I just think God so much wants us to see that there is a realm right here. You know, right here in this room, right here above you. Do you, you know, right here... There is the throne of God, you see? And see, the beauty of this place here is because of the years of prayer and fasting that we have put in, and not just us, but the saints that have gone before us have put in years of prayer and fasting. I'm talking, like Phil and I have done 40-day fasts on water, and, and we, we've, we've laid out with our faces on the ground. I've, I've had visitations from angels commissioning us to build this place and to bring the presence of God to this place. You're talking 15 years of blood, sweat, and tears, and God in the soil of this place. And one day the Lord said to me, there's a portal over this place. There is an open heaven over this place that has been established. Why do you think the enemy wants to take this land from us and dry up the finances of this place and stop people giving and stop people turning up and stop people you know, being generous to this? Why do you think he's whispering and whispering and trying to just dry up that whole thing? Because he knows that we have an open heaven over this land that we have fought for, that he wants us to move out so he can put some, some devil worshippers or some, you know, some other religion in here to shut that thing up again. Because that's what happens. 
Wherever there's a portal of the Lord opened, you'll find that that's where the new ages move in and, and it gets shut down. But we need to keep it open, amen. We need to keep the portal of heaven open over this place. If you, those of you that are here tonight, have you received something from this place? Have you received a touch of God? Have you received new life? Have you received salvation? Have you received healing? Have you received a newness of life in this place? Then we, we just, we've got to keep it going. With everything that we have, with our prayers, with our giving, with our grace, with our love. This church will go on forever and ever anyway because we're here till death do us part. Amen. You got us till death do us part in Jesus' name. And we're here. We're the pastors of this church and we're going to be here. Amen. But I want to be here, here for the land and, and that we fought for in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-7 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. And then the very next thing it says this, you are only looking at the surface of things. You know, Paul was trying to say here, look at this. There's a war that's raging. There's a war that's going on in the heavenlies. You have been given the weapons of warfare to stand and to be victorious in your homes, in your families, in your churches, in your workplaces, wherever you place your feet, you have been given the weapons of warfare. And Paul's saying, stop looking at the surface of things. Open your eyes to see the spiritual realm and you'll stop being beat up. You'll stop, you know, going, why am I sick again? Why are we broke again? I don't understand it. Where's God when you need him? But God's saying to you, stand up. Take the ground that he has given you. Declare victory over every area of your life. Take up your weapons of warfare. And the greatest weapon that I know of warfare is the name of Jesus Christ. We have been given the name of Jesus. Amen. And it says here in Philippians 2, and it start, let me start here at verse 9. And it says just before this that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, verse 9, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. He gave him the name that is above every name, that every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and under the earth. That means when we speak the name of Jesus Christ, when we pick up that weapon that we have been given, which is his name, and speak the name of Jesus Christ, it means that every power, every principality, everything that's coming against you must bow its knee to the lordship of his name. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. Therefore, rise up 
in the name of Jesus, don't be complacent. Don't go to sleep. It's not the hour to give up on prayer. It's not the hour to give up on the spiritual realm and the supernatural realm. This is the hour to stand up as a church, as a people, and to be alive, amen, and to be aware and to stand in the name of Jesus Christ. We are not a defeated people. We are the people of the living God. We are the church of the living God. We are the light in the darkness, and we shall be victorious in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's clap the Lord. I have the team. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you honor. We speak the name of Jesus right now over this congregation. I command every devil to bow its knee that's bringing sickness, poverty, and depression in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I declare victory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, now I want you to get a circumstance in your life right now that you're battling with whether it be sickness, whether it be depression, poverty, whether it be anything, fighting with your mom, whatever it is, whatever that circumstance is. Have you got it? Now I want you to do this. I want you to say, when I count to three, I want you to say, in the name of Jesus, I command that circumstance to bow its knee now. Amen? After three, you ready? One. Two, three, in the name of Jesus. No, wait. Every voice, every voice, not three, every voice, amen. The count of three, one, two, three. In the name of Jesus, I command that circumstance to bow its knee now. In Jesus' name, now stomp on it. Stomp on it. 